0: Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. God has sent us something to uh, share this morning. We want to be obedient today. Thank God for the opportunity to be here. Appreciate the, uh, the work of God already. Uh, I heard that some of the ladies had joined together for a fast, uh, a fast from the information of this world and uh, maybe other things. But they've committed to pray and study for 28 days, and you know what? That'll that'll make something happen. When we make a commitment to God, then something will happen, and I appreciate that. Um, as I as I prayed about this, it was clear that. There was more to be said, and so we're going to just try to obey God. We appreciate your prayers. Nehemiah chapter number 4, Nehemiah chapter number 4, um, we're beginning, going to begin this morning at verse number 7, and uh, just read down through verse number 15. That'll be our task this morning, 7 through 15. Nehemiah chapter number 4, but it came to pass that when Sanballat and Tobiah, the And the Arabians and Ammonites and Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped, then they were very wroth and conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God, our God, and set a watch against them day and night because of them. And Judah said, The strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed, and there is much rubbish, so that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversaries said, That they shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst among them, and slay them, and cause the work to cease. And it came to pass that when the Jews which dwelt by them came, they said unto us ten times, From all places when ye shall return unto us they will be upon you. Therefore, said I in the lower places, behind the wall and on the higher places, I even set the people after their families with their swords, with their spears and their bows. And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles, And to the rulers and to the rest of the people, be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And it came to pass when our enemies heard that it was known unto us, and God had brought their counsel to naught, that we returned all of us to the wall, every one unto his work. Father, we pray earnestly for the unction of your spirit. there be the clarity of mind and speech as we simply listen. Help us, we pray, as you speak to mind what it is that you've said. And we pray that you would direct us and change us, Lord, that this not be just another time of, of attendance, a time that when ultimately we are changed of heart, that we recognize that are, there are great needs among us, and, Lord, that you're able to fulfill them thank you for what you're going to do as we pray for the liberty to do it we ask it earnestly in Jesus name amen you can be seated thank you Nehemiah had a work to do and he was doing it Um, last Sunday morning we started in the first uh, six verses of this text as we looked at the obstacles that Nehemiah had faced. And Nehemiah had made ground. They had built the wall to the half thereof, according to verse 6, and they had, they had seen the things that God intended for them ultimately to accomplish. They had seen the work begun. But may I say to you today that though the work is begun, it's not done. Yeah. It's not done. We cannot leave work undone. Uh, if you leave the work undone, it's just not done. And we cannot avoid the work that is in front of us. Now, work within itself, work by definition is not fun, right? Some people enjoy their work and some people are strange like that, like me. They enjoy what they do. But when it comes right down to it, it's called work for a reason. It's because it's hard often. And it is something that is necessary and it must be done. I want to share with you six things today from these verses and I'll do them as quickly as I can, but I feel it necessary as we're under attack. Uh, I recognize as I look around that there are breaches in the wall. Uh, there are places in our wall, and I'm just speaking about our flock, there are places to where the devil just waltzes in and out at his own desire. And that's, that's, that's not acceptable, right? So if you're here today and that... If you think that this message is going to escape anybody, I certainly hope not. I hope that every one of us recognize that our responsibility is to build the wall, is to build that part of the wall that we have been given a responsibility to build. So I want you to see number one is what happened next, next. When you see in the passage, verse number seven and eight, you'll find that what happened next after Nehemiah had prayed unto God, and went back to work, had simply done what God had told him to do, the next thing that happened was it made the enemy even more mad. How many of us understand today that the devil doesn't give up? Right? He will not stop. Right? There's not a place in the devil's agenda, amen, to sit back and say, well... I'm just not going to bother them people at New Providence anymore. Uh, I'm not going to fool with them anymore. They're, they've started to build a wall. So I'm just going to cease. I'm just going to end this. I, I'm, I'm a little afraid that they've started something, and I might as well stop. Anybody under the illusion that the devil will stop? No. I'll tell you what's going to happen next. The same thing that happened next for Nehemiah. The enemy was even more angry than he was before. Sanballat and Tobiah, and now the Bible said they were dragging in the Arabians and Ashtadites and Ammonites and all of those others. They were were creating for themselves a great army of intimidation. And may I say to you today that the enemy is a liar, and what will happen next is for him to whisper in your ear in the quiet of your own homes and the quiet of your own prayers and try to tell you that you can't do what is at hand. You can't build this wall. You can't fortify this place. You can't do what it is that God has asked you to do. But listen to me, children. We have a responsibility and it cannot go undone. It is needful, if it's ever been needful, it is needful today for the enemy is roaring and he's at hand. I can tell you what's next. A commitment to serve God, a commitment to pray, a commitment to study, a commitment to fast for 28 days will bring on opposition. That's what's next. That's what's next. We need to expect it, right? Right? We need to recognize that when we do things for God that it makes the enemy of God upset. The Bible said here in verses 7 and 8 that they were very upset. They were upset to the point that they no longer wanted to talk about it. They wanted to do something about it. Now, the devil may start his lies, and he may begin his, his rhetoric with all of the things that go on, and that may stop some. But you know what? Good people who have a heart for God are going to give something that is sacrificial, and they're going to allow themselves to be pulled into a work that is greater than they are. And yet, what I say to you this morning is that what comes next is opposition, Right? Everybody that has made a commitment to do for God and to serve God in a greater way than you've ever served Him before, you're going to find that there's an enemy out there that that completely upsets. Now, you may be here this morning and have made no commitment at all, and I'm going to challenge you that the first thing you've got to do is to make a commitment. Is You've got to stand at some point and say, I'm not moving anymore. I'm not giving no more place to the devil. I'm not allowing him to steal any more of my home, my family, my peace, my joy. I will not stand any longer and be idle. I'm going to do something for God. And I believe some people have made that choice around here. And I'm, I am absolutely confident it will work. Absolutely confident it will work if we'll do our part. But here's what comes next. The enemy will be very upset. Now, the enemy is going to change, he's going to take it up a notch, right? He went from rhetoric, and now he's going to go to battle, right? He's going to gather a force. He's going to conspire, is what it said, against them. How many knew you had an enemy, right? And yet we live our lives as if we're blind to that truth. (laughs) We wake up sometimes oblivious to the fact that there is an enemy. He is a physical enemy. He is a spiritual enemy. And he is a real enemy. He is out there. The Bible said an adversary. He is not your friend. He speaks as a friend. He comes as an angel of light. He is a liar and the father of a lie. The Bible said a murderer from the beginning. He come to kill, steal, and destroy. And yet you're playing around with him. Here's what comes next. Opposition will always come for the people of God when they begin to stand for God. Nehemiah had a task, and I'll just tell you today, the task was insurmountable if you just looked at it on the surface. It was impossible to do. You couldn't get through the rubbish. You couldn't get through the mountains of trouble and everything that was about them. I want you to know today that the the, the opposer of your very peace, he wants you to stop the work. But I'm glad to report to you today that God is greater than the enemy. So even though we know what's next, right? Here, listen, the Bible said we're not ignorant of his devices, right? If you're ignorant of what the devil's doing, it's because you've clogged up your ears and stuck your head in the sand. The Lord has never hid what your adversary is doing. What he will do today for you and I is help us if we'll but open up our hearts and our ears unto God. If we'll turn from sin and seek God, we have a help that is absolutely unstoppable. Right. Amen. The next thing that will happen is there is opposition. Right? I just love the fact that God knows what the devil's going to do all the time. Next, and yet... What we find in verse number 9 is nevertheless, right? So if next is the opposition's going to raise him, he's going to elevate the issue to battle, right? He's going to gather an army, an army of three different countries, and that that was quite formidable, especially when you... Consider that Jerusalem had just a handful of people, and that they weren 't skilled and they weren 't battle ready they't they didn't have all the weapons they needed they didn't certainly didn't have the fortification the wall was down and here the enemy was gathering up this formidable army and you know what he wants you to believe he wants you to believe today that because they are so great because they are a majority and don 't be a misunderstanding here there is a majority of unbelievers in this world today the Minority are those that serve Christ and follow Him. If next comes the opposition and the opposition is ready to go to battle, may I say to you that what Nehemiah said was nevertheless. You know what? Regardless of what the enemy may do, what I know is that if God be for us, who can be against us? There is no force greater than my God. Any number plus God is the majority. And regardless of what the enemy may do, nevertheless, we have a wall to build. How many of you woke up this morning and said, the battle is mine to win? Listen, how many of you really believe that you can win the battle? What little David said when he came in and looked at that giant down there is that the battle ain't mine, it's his. I can tell you today that we have a God that is intent on doing his will and the battle is won by him. Though the enemy may rage around us, nevertheless, I want to read this verse, nevertheless, here's what Nehemiah said, we made our prayer unto God. Number one, what must we do when standing against the enemy? Prayer, right? The very thing that is discounted to a point that they've taken the mourner's benches out, right? They don't need a mourner's bench because nobody prays. They've eliminated the prayers of the righteous and the seekers from God and they've gone to saying or repeating a prayer of some other decade or era. May I say to you today, a prayer must come from the heart regardless of what it is said. If we come to God and make our request known, he said he would hear us. When the enemy uh, sets forth in battle And is in attempt to tear down all that you've built Friend, there's one thing that we must do first And that's pray Pray, pray Now, I don't want to get too far down on this one But I cannot let it go You have to have a commitment to pray If your prayer life is, is haphazard Then it is not a prayer life it is a prayer accident it is a prayer just in case it is a prayer when I need him that the old spare tire God what I want you to know is that when the people make a commitment to pray there is a God that can hear them pray I can tell you the next thing that's going to happen is that the enemy is going to do his best to stop what you're doing now to get closer to God But nevertheless, pray, right? Be encouraged today because your God cannot be defeated. There's not anything the enemy can bring against you that your God cannot deliver you from. Nevertheless, Nehemiah said, we prayed. We made our prayer unto God. And then number two, when we recognize that there's a responsibility that we have, we must make our prayer unto God and then we've got to make a stand. The Bible said in the New Testament that when we've done all that we can do to stand, He said, stand therefore. Right there's a responsibility for the people of God to continue to stand regardless of what the enemy may do. Now, there is there's a commitment from certain among us here this morning to fast from the news channels of this world and the input and the social influences that are about us uh, to to rid ourselves of the of the berating uh, lies and rhetoric of the devil and we're going to make a commitment to fast from those things, but we're going to pray. And then we're going to take a stand. And that stand, friend, has to be taken recognizing that there is opposition. Recognizing there is one that opposes us, we have to take a stand. What Nehemiah said in verse number 9, he said, As we set a watch against them day and night because of them. Now, if, if, if Nehemiah had already come to the place that he was, he was committed unto the work of God for the building of the wall, Right? It's not you that are going to build it. It's God. But he's going to do it through you. If we know that nevertheless we're going to pray and we're going to believe God, then number two, you're going to have to take a stand. Right, You're going to have to make some choices. Sometimes some choices are hard to make. Sometimes, I've never made a, a hard choice. It didn't cost me one way or the other. It wouldn't be hard if there wasn't a cost to it. Right. It would be an easy choice if, there were, if it was just a no-brainer, right? If you didn't have to give up something to get something better. Yeah. Yet any time that it comes to God, you're going to have to give up the things that are hindering you to excel in the things that he wants to grow you in. He wants to help us build this wall, this spiritual wall, this spiritual fortification that will allow the things of God to prosper within the walls, friend, but it will take us making a stand. The old saying says, "If you won't stand for something, you'll fall for anything." No greater truth than that. We need people today that are going to make a stand. A stand. Now, what Nehemiah said was, he said, "I set a watch, day and night." They say, "Well, wait a minute. Spiritually speaking, are you expecting me to stay awake twenty-four hours a day?" Now, spiritually speaking, I don't know anybody in here that would do it, even if if you if you could. But what Nehemiah said was is that that we're going to have to figure this part out. That in the places where we are most susceptible for our enemy to come in, we're going to have to make a stand and that stand can't be part time. How many of us live for Christ part time? How many of us work and serve and love for Christ part time? How many of us obey God part of the time? How many of us will love Him part of the time? Listen, we cannot accomplish the work that is set before us if what we're doing for God is part-time. If the work of God is to be done, it must be done full-time. That means you're as holy on Monday as you are on Sunday. That the words that come from your mouth, they don't betray your speech. Right? The world is not looking at you and saying, wait, I thought that person went to church. Aren't they supposed to be different? Aren't they supposed to live different? Isn't their lives supposed to be something that is exemplary? May I say to you today, we have work to do and it's not a part-time work. It is full-time. It is full-time. It is, it is full-time. It is when the lights are off and nobody's at home and you're there. God better still be God and he better be the main thing in your life. When you have an opportunity to shirk the responsibility for God and go do something that pleases your flesh, there ought to be something in you that rises up and said, I'm not a part-time Christian, I'm a full-time Christian. Because here's what I can tell you, your enemy don't sleep either. The devil's not sleeping either. And the very part of your life that you're going to surrender and say, well, I just don't have time for God that day. I don't have time to live for him that day. It'll be the very day that he attacks. We know what's next. Nevertheless, we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to pray, stand, full-time stand, to be what God has called us to be and to do what God has called us to do. Number next. Verse number 10 We're not able. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but I find myself looking in the mirror saying I'm not able. Me and the brothers talking about this morning, I feel so insignificant, inept, incapable. As I look at the work that has to be done, and I see the damage that's already been done, as I look in the homes of those that I love and see what's been stolen, the destruction and the tragedy, the heartbreak and the pain and the loss of peace and joy. I have to be honest and say I can't do it. I'm not able to do it. At the very point Nehemiah said, nevertheless, we're going to pray. And we're going to take a stand. Somebody showed up at his door. And guess who it was, Bruce? It was his own people. Judah said, We ain't able to do it, We can't do it, preacher. The rubbish is too much. The burden bearers, they've decayed. They've lost their strength. They've lost their zeal. They've lost their desire for God. We just can't do it. Not able. Not able. You never have been able. Amen. If the power was resting on you, we'd all done quit. You've never been able, you'll never be able. But when little David stuck his hand in that pouch and pulled out a smooth rock, he wasn't expecting he was able. But he looked the enemy in the eye and he said this day you're going to go down and I'm going to take your head from your body. Why? He said because the battle ain't mine. Amen. It's the Lord's. God. Now I want you to know beloved he's able. Amen. He's able above what I could ever ask or think to do exceedingly great and wondrous things. My God is able unable yeah might as well be honest about it Paul you ain't able to do it but there's a God that's in you and he ain't ever absent of you if you've been born again he's always with you and he is able Judah said I ain't able to do it I can't do it no more we tried it didn't work That's what they'll tell you, Brenda. I tried. It didn't work. I couldn't carve out enough time. I couldn't do what needed to be done. I say to you today, the excuse that we have used as humans forever is I ain't able, but it ain't about your strength. It's about His. He is able. Next, nevertheless, oh, we're not able. Would you ever see this wall built? If it ain't opposition on the outside, it's opposition on the inside. It's opposition with doubters and unbelievers and uncommitted. It's opposition of half-hearted, part-time Christians who say, yeah, yeah, we want revival, but they won't do what it takes to get revived. Part-time won't work. It's full-time it's full time. We're not able," he said. "The rubbish is too great. I'll grant you that. There's enough trash in every life, and likely every household, in every community at least. There's enough trash to make you think that there is no way to win this community for Christ." too much rubbish. That's a cop-out, right? You look at a mountain. You know how you... The old saying is, you know how you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You got a mountain of trash in your life, spiritually speaking? You know how you deal with that? One handful at a time. But you know what will happen if you keep at it? It won't be long. It'll be gone and what you thought was impossible today, you'll look at it tomorrow and say, well, that's about gone. And you'll set into doing more. The next thing you know, it's completely out of your way. If we'll deal with the trash, that is, in, I'll tell you what Judah's problem was, is they wasn't dealing with the trash. Yeah. The rubbish, they said, is too great. We can't do the work on the wall. I'll get you that. If you've got trash in your life, spiritually speaking, you're going to have to get rid of the trash the first thing they had to do to ever get that wall built was they had to get rid of the trash. Underneath the trash were those foundational stones that had been hewed from quarries and hauled into Israel that they had laid place by place all around that. The rocks were still there. The foundation was still there there and yet in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3 he said you can build on the foundation wood, hay, stubble, gold precious stone, silver and when the eyes of fire judge those things they're going to be burned up everything that was not pure and yet he said if everything is gone there's still something there he said for no other foundation can a man lay than that which is laid which is Christ Jesus I'm on the foundation brother but I'm telling you right now there's rubbish Is covering up those stones that have to be lifted from the trash heaps and put back in place in order to build and fortify the spiritual walls of our life. The enemy will not allow this to go on unimpeded. He will do everything he can to oppose what work is trying to be done. But I can assure you today, the stones are there. Everything you need is there. They couldn't run down Home Depot and get another two before. Everything they needed, Paul, was in the city. The stones were there from when they had been torn down before. Nehemiah had already harvested wood and brought it with him. When he went in the gate, he didn't intend to come out. He intended to build a wall. Not able. I'll tell you why you're not able. It's because there are things in your life that is hindering you from doing the work of God. There are things in your life that you're being dishonest to God about that need to be rectified. As a matter of fact, they need to be crucified They need to be dealt with and buried behind you. And you need to take a stand full time for God and quit worrying about everything else. Get the trash out of your life and the building materials will be there. Everything you need will be there. Not able. Number four, then comes the news. Verse number 11, And our adversary said, They shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst of them and and slay them and cause the work to cease. That's the news. Anybody watching the news? Don't watch the news. How many believe that what they're telling on the news is true? What motivation does an ungodly and a wicked world have to give you truth? The news come to them and they said, don't matter what you do, we're going to be on you. Don't matter what you build, don't no matter what you, what, what, what you put up tomorrow, don't make any difference. At the very minute when you don't think it's going to happen, we're going to slip in through those breaches of that wall and we're going to be among you and we're going to slay you. We're going to cause this work to cease. We're going to cause this work to cease. I'll tell you right now, most of the news that you hear if it's from the world is not good. You know what they're telling you? You're going to die, not live. Everything that that we're telling you, you're going to have to bow down to. You're going to have to surrender to. You're going to have to submit to. What I want you to know today is I submit to no man but God. There is none but God. There is one that ruleth and he is God. He will never relinquish his privilege and right as ruler. And brother, he is my king and he lives inside of me. Regardless of what the news is, I know better. There is something greater and stronger and more powerful than the news we get today. The news is, is... You're not even going to know it. We're going to slip in among you and we're going to slay you before you even knew we were there. That was their plan. That was their plan. The Bible said in verse number 12, and it came to pass that when the Jews which dwelt by them. Now, I tell you right now, the devil's got a plan. But you know what God's got? A better one. It helps a great deal, Paul, when you know what he's doing. When you know the plan of the enemy, it gives you a great advantage to have a counter plan. The devil had a plan, and, and the news was is that they were going to slip in and kill them. The Bible said that there were some Jews. They weren't brave enough or stout of heart enough to get into Israel and do the work with them, but they were still living out there among the Ashtonites and Ammonites and Arabians and all that stuff. They were still out there. They were Jews. God had people out there that heard what was going to happen. And you know what they did? They came running back to Nehemiah and they said, hey, we heard that here's what they're going to do and here's where they're going to come in. And about time that Joe left, here come another one. He said, hey, guess what I heard? They're They're going to do this and then they're going to do that. And when he left, here come another one. And, and one by one, Nehemiah said 10 different times. Somebody came to tell me what the devil was trying to do. How many believe that God knows what the devil's trying to do? How many believe that it's God's intent for us to understand what it is we're to do next? 10 different times he came to Nehemiah and said, oh, they're going to come point A, B, and C. And you know what Nehemiah is saying? Yes, I know what to do. Some of you think that we ain't gonna know what to do. Some of you are gonna think, you think, well, we 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 trying this. But when we get past point A, we have it's uncharted. We don't know what's gonna happen. May I say to you today, he knows what's gonna happen. Amen. So, regardless of what the news is from the world, I've got better news. I've got better news. Whatever I need to know, I want you to hear me. Listen to me. Whatever I need to know, I can assure you, He can tell me. Yeah. Amen. Right. right? Some of you like this Oh, what are we going to do? <laughs> I want you to know whatever I need to know, He will tell me. Oh, but what if they do this in Washington? What if they do that? What if they take this away? What if Whatever I need to know, he can tell me. I don't need some government official to tell me. I don't need somebody who who has a suit and a tie and a degree to tell me. What I need to know is what God wants me to know. And you know what God did for Nehemiah? He sent him the information that he needed to know. I ain't saying to you that news is bad. I'm just saying to you there's some news you can trust and there's some news that you can't. Right. And whatever you need to know, I, I absolutely believe. It. Now, right, you can all walk out and say, the preacher is naive. No, I just happen to believe that what it says is what it means. Amen. Whatever I need to know, son, he'll tell me what I need to know. Now, I admit to you, I don't know today what I'm going to do tomorrow, but I can tell you when it comes time to getting it done, he'll tell me what to do. He said he would. said he'd never leave me. said the Word of God and the Spirit of God abides within me. It will lead me and guide me in all truth and righteousness. He will tell me what to do. Right. Yeah. i tell you, the news we need to trust is the good news. Yeah. This news. Yeah. I still contend that everything we need can come from this book. Right. Yeah. Preacher, you're being naive. You're being gullible. Well, let me go down in flames then, gullible and naive, if I simply choose to believe that God's word trumps every other word. Especially when he said, let God be true, and every man what? That ought to settle it. Yep. Amen. What are you going to believe? You're going to believe the news? Verse number 14, I want you to think of what Nehemiah did next. Nehemiah said, not afraid. How many of you have been afraid? Don't raise your hand. You might as well said, How many of you have got got eyeballs you know right because every one of us have been fearful at one point or another we've been fearful about what's going on you know what Nehemiah said he said he rounded them up the Bible said he got the nobles he got the workers he got everybody and he brought them all in they only had that thing half built here they were all gathered in one place and Nehemiah got up on a rock he looked down at them and he said listen brethren don't be afraid not afraid not afraid Oh, but what if there's a variant X, Y, Z coming? Not afraid. Right. Mm-hmm. It really comes to a simple point. Who do you trust? Right. Let me ask you it a different way. Do you actually think you're getting out alive? Right. Well, that's kind of harsh. I don't know what will take you. Right. Amen. I don't know what will take me. I don't know whether it will be cancer. I may die of COVID. Right. Hear me. But if I do, don't you even hesitate and think God made a mistake. Right. 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 I don't know what will take me out of here. But whatever it, it was ordained in heaven, my days have been numbered, I won't cross that line. You won't save me. You can transplant my heart, my kidneys, my legs, my brain, and it will not keep me here. Nehemiah said, not afraid. But they've got the Ammonites. Not afraid. They've got the the Ashdodites, Not afraid. They've got the Arabians. Not afraid. Oh, by the way, we don't have any of them. Not afraid. You see, the news is what makes people afraid. All the bad news and all the lying news and all the news that really ain't news for us. That's what makes people fearful. Fearful. Let me read to you what he said. Verse number 14, he said this, he said, And I looked, and I rose up. All right, I got to park right there for just a second, Bruce. It doesn't do us a bit of good to look and see what's coming if we won't get out. Right. Amen. If we don't see the issue and rise up, we might as well open the door and said, Come in to the devil, to the enemy. Nehemiah saw what was going on, right? He saw it on the inside. They were falling apart. The news from the outside was they're coming from everywhere. They're going to hit every breach we got. They're going to sneak in on us. And before we know it, we'll be dead. He had all of that information. And yet Nehemiah said, you know what? No, I ain't taking it. I ain't going that way. It ain't happening. You know why Nehemiah, he had a conviction that God had called him to do something. And he believed that if God called him to do it, that God would see it done. It's just like when Jesus told them, get in the boat and go to the other side, right? And they got halfway across and the storm liked to sink them and they thought for sure they was going to die. And Jesus said, did I not say that you were going to go to the other side? He said, oh, ye of little faith. Ye of little faith. Nehemiah, he, he looked... He assessed the situation and he saw all of the opposition and all of the problems. And he rose up and he said, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something. And he went and he gathered up the people. He got the nobles, got everybody in there. He brought everybody in in the city, I believe, together. And here's what he said to them. He said, be not ye afraid of them. Don't be afraid of them. Now you fill in them, right? Just take them out and put in what it is just bothering you. And he said, of this world, I can tell you, be not afraid of it, whatever it is. Because today, there is nothing for me to fear but him. Right. Amen. But him. Amen. He, said, he said, listen to me. He gathered them all together. I understand we're not all here. But that's what this stuff is, right? God gathers you all together on Sunday morning. And God gathers you all together on Sunday night. And God gathers you all together on Wednesday night. And you know what He does? He speaks to you. He speaks to you from his word, from our fellowship, from our testimonies. The spirit of God speaks to you. You say, where am I going to get the news from? Well, number one, you've got a book. But number two, you've got three times a week that he assembles us together for the purpose of hearing from God. He said, don't be afraid of them. No, he said, as a matter of fact, what I want you to remember is the Lord. He said, if you want to fill your mind with something, don't fill it with the terror of this world. He said, but fill it with your remembrance of your great and terrible God who has done mighty, awesome, and wondrous things over and over and over. And he said, we know all about that. We know About how he led the children of Israel out of Egypt. We know how he parted the Red Sea. We know how he threw the walls of Jericho down and delivered that people into their hands. We know, we know, we know. Remember, he said, the things you know. Remember what you know. It's not the things you don't know, it's the things you do know. So don't be afraid. No, he said, just remember what you know. Your God cannot be defeated. Amen. And he said this. Verse number 14. He said, When you when you remember all of these things about your God, he said, Then I need you to do I need you to do this. I need you to fight. And he and he compelled him with. What I think was the most rational, necessary, logical. He said, I need you to fight for your family. He said, Don't be afraid of them. No. He said, Just remember your God who's never lost a battle. Never fail to an enemy. Not once. Remember the Lord. And he said, now, he said, I need you to go fight for your family. He said, fight for your sons. He said, fight for your daughters. How many of us are in the battle? They after your daughters. But God said, Sister, remember the Lord and fight. Fight. Don't give up. Keep fighting. There is something worth fighting for. My days may be short. But this is worth fighting for. Fight. Will you not fight for your children? Will you not fight for your daughters, for your sons? Will you not fight for your houses? What have I to fight for? I don't have anything in this fight. I beg your pardon. If you're a child of God today, you are invested fully. The enemy will take no mercy on you. He will steal everything you have, including joy and peace. He will take everything from your family, and if he can, he will kill. Nehemiah said, I'm going to give you a simple truth. Do not be afraid of him. Do not be afraid of their rhetoric or their plans. They got plans. They got plans. They got plans to get rid of the church, right? They got plans to indoctrinate every child in this country concerning the fact that there is no creator nor a creation. It was all evolved. They got plans. They've been working them plans for the last 60 years. And Guess what? It worked. We're now living in a post-Christian society. where the morals that used to even apply to lost men and women no longer apply. They're reprobative mind. The judgment of God has already occurred and is occurring now as the reprobation continues in the minds of people. Listen, people, we don't even know you're supposed to marry a woman. Much less whether I'm a boy or I'm a girl. Don't tell me the judgment of God has not already begun. Reprobate of mind is already around us. It infiltrates every part of society today. Don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of them. Remember your Lord. Remember your Lord. That cannot fail. Remember your Lord and go fight for your children, your spouses, your homes. Go and fight for your people. Not afraid. Last. Come get a song. Last. Everything the enemy tried to do, according to verse number 15, came to naught. Uh, by the way, what were you afraid of? What was it that was keeping you up at night? Nehemiah wrote verse number 15. He said, In everything that they said they were going to do, he said all of their counsel came to. You know why? Because the Bible said that Nehemiah, having received the news of what the enemy was going to do, he shared it with his people and he said, Do not be afraid. Remember your Lord and fight for your families. And you know what they did? They fought. They started making up those breaches in the wall. They started taking protection. You can read on what it said. The Bible said, he said, I put some in high places and I put some in the low places. Everybody realize this battle is going to take some in the high and some in the low. It's, God needs us everywhere in this, in this building. He needs us in the high places that can look down and can discern what's happening that's good with the bow. And he needs some of us in the low places that says, you ain't coming in here. Nehemiah said, I know what they're going to do because God told me what they're going to do. And so he said, I'm going to fortify the breaches. I'm I'm going to put people down here and I'm going to put people up there. He said, in one hand, they're going to have a tool that helps them work and do the work on building this wall. He said, but in the other hand, they're going to have a sword, a spear, or a bow. And he said, we're going to fight. But just like so many of the battles in the Old Testament, they never swung the sword. Their fighting had to do with their own spiritual commitment to obey God. Right? You're telling yourself right now a thousand times, I can't do it, I can't do it, I'm not able, I don't have the strength, I'm fearful, all of these other things. And yet what God's really trying to get you to do is just say, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And most of the time, he fights the battles. I don't even see the enemy. Everything the devil said he was going to do came to naught. We're living in a time that's unprecedented, at least in the last century. We're living in a time of fearfulness when it pervades every mind. We're living in a time where we can see, right? I'm talking about people that can see spiritually. We can see that there are things in play right now that are trying to gather the entire society and create a mindset of one. One world. One cure. Don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of them. Remember your God. Remember your God. He won't fail. Can't fail. Remember your God and fight. Are you fighting? It goes back to being the full time, part time Christian. Are you fighting? We need some high, we need some low, but we need them day and night. Right? You can't abandon your station. Well, it's not that big a deal. I'm just going to check out Monday and Tuesday, live however I want to. There are things at stake that are precious. Your family is important. Are you fighting? Are you full time? Are you committed? Let's see. It's about right. It's about 105. You people are used to that. What if we had to go to two? Right? Maybe you bring a snack, but we go to two. What if you had to go to three, Paul? You still in? What if it takes us all night to get this done? You had to rate yourself on the commitment level to God. Is it here? Where have you said, I'm all in? I don't care. I'm all in. But I may need you to go over here, and I need you to do this. It's all right. I'm in. I'm going. I'm going to fight. Whatever it means, Lord, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight. He's got a plan. And there's a people that is against me. There's an enemy. But I'm just going to remember the Lord and I'm going to keep fighting. Whatever He tells me to do, I want to do it. Whether He puts me high or He puts me low. If you think this is about position, you've missed it. Wherever He puts you, raise your weapon and get some work done. Build the wall, fight the enemy. And see the work completed. The Bible said in 52 days. Unbelievable. They couldn't have got that work done in 52 years. But in 52 days, they built the entire wall. They hung every new gate. Remember, they all had been burned. They built new gates, hung new gates, fortified their own city in 52 days. And you know what the enemy had to say about all that? right? You know what the enemy could do about any of that? Not. So the Apostle Paul in Romans eight thirty-one, he said, What shall we say then to these things? What do we say then to all these things that somehow or another, Adam, God's brought you through? I reckon we'll say, God be for us. Who can be against us? Is there anything too great for our God? Is there any service we wouldn't give? Is there any price we wouldn't pay? to honor the King of glory and to serve Him. Your home's at stake. There is a danger here. Some are lost. I'm just going to tell you. Some are lost. But you're here. You're still fighting. You're still trying. You're making commitments. You're giving yourself for causes that are greater than your own flesh. And that has rewards that are of an eternal nature. Give everything you have to Christ. Every hour, every dollar, every moment, give it to Christ. If, if God be for us, who can be against us? We need to fight. Everything we need for this battle, God will provide. All the news we need, God will provide it. Right? I believe he speaks to us. I believe his word speaks to us every time we get together. And I believe that that is the news that we need to hear most. That is it. That's the news we have to believe. If God be forced, who can be good? Stand with us. I don't know your heart today, but I know this. You can lay aside the fear that troubles you this morning and you can believe God. You can just remember the Lord and let Him fix what's wrong in you right now. If you're here, would you come?